Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. And welcome to another edition of Corbin vs. the World. I am your hero, Corbin David Albaugh, here to bring you the greatest tunes of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It is the first weekend of May, and that NSYNC song is on everybody's minds. And I would like to say that we are finally, finally, finally done with all the cold weather, but I think that I'm done making declarative statements about the weather on this show because I think three times now I have said authoritatively that we are done with snow and then I think the very next day the Night King appears and then fucks us with his ice dick. So I am officially done talking about the weather on this show because I don't want to jinx you guys in your days. So I wanted to open up this episode by talking about two of my favorite things, music festivals and runaway capitalism. Uh, as you know, there are approximately, and I'm just kind of spitballing here, I think like 600 different music festivals that play across the United States on, you know, any given year. But this year is particularly exciting because they are trying to put together the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. That's right, Woodstock. That famous music festival when, like, a million hippies showed up and fucked up some guy's farm and listened to, I guess, Jimi Hendrix play the national anthem or something, and Shanana was also there. But it was a big, huge deal. And we are about to celebrate the 50-year anniversary of Woodstock, because that's what needs to happen in our culture, because money. And we are going to have Woodstock 50 the reunion concert that no one was asking for. I also want to remind you that anyone that went to Woodstock is probably in their 60s or 70s by now, and that is not prime festival age, but if you are in your 60s and 70s and still going to music festivals, I want to meet you because you are an ideal human. But watching the saga of this festival kind of play out over the course of the year has become one of my favorite subplots of 2019, because by all accounts, it looks like we're watching another fire festival kind of play out in real time. And the only thing that I love more than capitalist extravagance is when it all goes chaotic and goes kaboom. That shit just totally revs my engine. So this story is very near and dear to my heart. So they announced this festival way back in January because, of course, they're going to leap on this opportunity to exploit a long dead corpse of pop culture because that's what our economy is built on right, Marvel? It's also worth noting that this is not the first attempted reincarnation of Woodstock. There have been a number of attempted revivals in the past. Most recently, there was Woodstock 99, and the lineup for this is completely buck wild. You've got Creed, Lit, Dave Matthews Band, Korn, Kid Rock, Ice Cube, Everclear, Moe. Moe, guys, Moe is on this lineup. That's Moe with a period. This is so 90s that I think that you just materialized a pair of Jinkos while I was telling you that lineup. That one obviously was like 12 out of 10. And then apparently like at Woodstock 94, the crowd went insane and started trying to like burn stuff down, which is also awesome. So you can only imagine what kind of buckwild antics are going to arise at 2019's crazy 50th anniversary of Woodstock, right? That buckwild celebration of hippie counterculture and fighting the man and going on farms and invading people's private property and all those kinds of things that we celebrate. I was initially leery when they hit us with this massive lineup announcement that I think came out in like February or March. And these are the people that we've got headlining this celebration of counterculture. We've got the Lumineers, Miley Cyrus, Imagine Dragons, Halsey, Cage the Elephant, Chance the Rapper. You might as well just book fucking Toyota to get up on stage and perform at this point because all of those artists reek of Starbucks. 
And, you know, obviously they've got a few, you know, legacy acts on there. You've got John Fogarty from Creedence Clearwater Revival. You've got Robert Plant on there. You've got David Crosby, Canned Heat. But they're, like, sprinkled in these, like, tinier, tinier festival venues. And it's just such a hodgepodge of super corporate mainstream artists, kind of flavor of the week indie acts, and then a few, like, legacy classic rock acts for the aforementioned 60 or 70 year old warriors that show up to the supposed event. And I say supposed because at this point it might not actually happen because you see an undertaking like this, they want to do it up in full. They want to do it up proper. They want to get all the people for it. The problem is that the place where they're trying to get the permit for the event will not allow more than 75,000 people. And as you noted from the laundry list of A-tier artists that they're trying to book, they're going to need a little bit more than 75,000 people to show up if they're going to break even on this shit. So that's been a little bit of an issue moving forward. So a lot of people were like, how are they going to overcome that obstacle? And they have come up with the cunning strategy of possibly folding. So earlier this week, the company that is funding Woodstock 50, and they're called Densu Aegis, which I think is also the name of a Marvel villain from like the Iron Man movies, uh, but they're called Densu Aegis, ick, and they released this amazingly nauseating press release explaining why they were pulling out of the festival because of logistical reasons. This is the opening sentence of the press release, and it is in the running for my most hated sentence of 2019. It's a dream for agencies to work with iconic brands and to be associated with meaningful movements. That is the first sentence of this press release about the 50th anniversary of fucking Woodstock. Hippies on PCP seeing God himself having sex in orgies in mud piles, listening to Credence Clearwater Revival, Jimi Hendrix melting brains at 3 o'clock in the morning, changing themselves in American culture, mind, body, and spirit through baptism of fire, drugs, and music, sex, drugs, rock, and roll. 50 years later, some fucking dipshit marketing executive named Dwight with a fucking asymmetrical Nazi haircut writes this stupid, sterile-ass press release in an attempt to fucking conjure some sort of bullshit spirit? What the fuck do you even represent? What the fuck is Woodstock other than a name to you? It's just something that you can trot out and slap on some glorified, not even Coachella, I can't believe it's not fucking Bonnaroo bullshit that you're going to try and sell for $450 and then claim that you're some counterculture revivalist. Go fuck yourself. I am all about grifts and exploiting capitalism, but that is some shameless shit that would make the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia look like fucking monks, you disingenuous shitheels. Holy shit. You cannot claim to be part of the counterculture when you have a Starbucks cup jammed halfway up your ass. Fuck you. But thankfully, I get to wallow in all the schadenfreude as all this plays out, because even though the financial backers have pulled out, the guy who is still trying to run this festival is still claiming that the festival is still going. So it is, in fact, Schrodinger's Music Festival, where it is both dead and alive at the same time. So at least we have accomplished that for quantum physics. But Homeboy is still trying to make this festival happen, despite the fact that the company that pulled out, the financial backers, are the ones that pay the artists. Did I mention that they also pay the artists in advance? Because of course they did. So I guess what I'm saying is that, yeah, they're doing this in bad faith, but I'm going to really enjoy the Netflix documentary about it in about a year. And any chance that we can thwart a performance by Imagine Dragons is a success for American culture. The only way that this festival could be a success is if it actually does go off and the crowd actually rebels like they should against all the terrible music and they do burn it down. And that is a revolution that I can get behind. Keep your Starbucks cups. Keep your stupid cloud macchiatos. Keep your stupid Imagine Dragons and Halsey duets. I will keep my dope music. And I will share my music with you, my friends. It is time to listen to some tunes. I know that I spent a lot of time yelling, but I just had some emotions that I needed to exercise. So thank you for being that vessel. But now, let me pay this gift back to you with tunes. 
This is Lust for Youth and their song by no means.
Welcome back to Corbin vs. the World. You just got done hearing By No Means by Lust for Youth, followed up by All Night by Pure Bathing Culture. She has a new album out that you should definitely check out. And finally, we had One Last Night on This Earth by the unbelievably flamboyant Sundara Karma out of the UK. Definitely check that album out as well. It is crazy. Anyway, welcome back to our annual Rage Against the Corporate Machine. I would like to talk to you about Burger King. Because Burger King's been doing some dope shit recently. And just as I'll rail against bad capitalism, I will reward good capitalism. Because I am the hero that Adam Smith demanded. So Burger King, despite the fact that they are the Luigi of the fast food kingdom, uh, are taking great strides in the PR department. I wasn't going to talk about this, but then I just read this today. They are unleashing the counterpoint to McDonald's Happy Meal. They are coming out with unhappy meals as a way to raise mental health awareness and also to let us know that there are other mindsets to be in when you go and get fast food, which I think is true. I don't think that anyone ever decides to get fast food kind of out of a neutral position. Like, you're either super psyched to be getting fast food or you're just pissed off the entire time that you're doing it, the process of ordering it, and the aftermath of eating it. You know how that goes. But the main reason why I wanted to shout out Burger King is because they are rolling out something that's super exciting in future 21st century news. It's called the Impossible Burger. And uh, the Impossible Burger is not, in fact, a Throbbing Gristle uh, cover band, although it might be. I haven't checked it out on Bandcamp yet. But uh, the Impossible Burger is a plant-based burger, but don't turn off your set just yet. It's a plant-based burger that is supposed to taste exactly like a real dead meat burger really legit but it's made all out of plants and i did like an hour of youtube research on this so i'm basically an expert now i think and the impossible burger is super dope because it's made out of this thing called heme uh not to be confused with heme from the uh rap group das racist who did the song combination pizza hut and taco bell and i only mention that so that i can finally give das racist a shout out on this show yeah, that's that good, good shit. So the burgers are made out of heme. So you might be asking, what is heme? Other than a kind of inherently hilarious word. Heme is a chemical that kind of gives off that irony, kind of meaty taste that you have when you eat beef. And we have been able to locate heme in soybean roots because that's the shit our scientists are doing when they're not making Tony Stark's heart. They have located the heme in, in soybean root. And so they have extracted the heme and they've thrown it in this fun little nutrient rich cocktail. And they kind of just synthesize this patty out of heme, out of out of plant matter. But it tastes like a burger. It's got that taste of death that you need when you eat meat so that you have that validation because I think that's the barrier that we're missing from jumping into full vegetarianism. But I think that that's a super cool idea and I'm really excited to see how it takes off. They were just piloting it at a handful of restaurants, but now they're going to roll it out for every single Burger King nationwide. And, you know, they're just one of a number of different chains that are starting to work. Uh, these kind of plant-based meats into their inventory. And I think that that's super cool, obviously, because you may not know this, but I am a strong supporter of not killing animals, but still being able to eat meat or at least things that taste like meat. So this is like my ideal universe that we are moving into right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of evolves and takes off over the next couple of years. And, uh, Normally, you know, it's it's not on vogue to to shout out fast food, but you know, you should really go out to Burger King and buy yourself an impossible burger just to support that economy and let let the powers that be with all the money know that yeah, we're the American public and we would love the shit out of a fake murder burger cuz that is what we want and that is I imagine what the animals want as well. So, good job Burger King, shout out for doing that good good capitalist work. Now, I'm going to play you more music. This group is super tastic. They make me feel like I'm about to watch American Pie again. Uh, this group is called Potty Mouth, and their song is called Liar. They have a new album out uh, this past week that is fantastic. Check them out. Potty Mouth song, Liar.
Where he peeks in his mirror to see the tongue 
Welcome back from that little punky triad, friends. You are still listening to Corbin vs. the World, and you just got done hearing Liar by Potty Mouth off of their new album, Snafu. Very colorful album cover as well. Followed up, we had Wives, all capital letters, Wives, and their song, Waving Past Nirvana. And finally, we had a new song by Remo Drive. It's a new single. They've got an upcoming album. That was their song, The Grind. In other music news, poor Pete Doherty from the Libertines. Remember him? Remember them? Of course you do. He is in the hospital because he was attacked by a hedgehog, of all things. He had his dogs out for a walk, and they were attacked by hedgehogs. I don't know what weird Ferngully universe you inhabit where hedgehogs attack your dog, but okay. But he intervened, and he got two hedgehog quills kind of stabbed into him, and he is in the hospital with an infection. And I only bring this up so... You can all understand that this Sonic the Adventure movie marketing needs to stop. This is too much, guys. Uh, But I do think that everyone needs to go out and watch that movie. Everyone and their mother needs to go out and see it for two reasons. Reason number one, we need to reinforce to Jim Carrey that it is okay to be light and goofy and he doesn't have to be weird all the time. I think that we need to give him that positive reinforcement. So that's the main reason you should go. Secondly, you need to go so that the movie does well enough so that we get a sequel. And in said sequel, we can get Shadow the Evil Hedgehog and we can get, like, Christian Bale to do his voice. And Christian will lose, like, 200 pounds just to do the voice, just to get into character. And maybe he'll live in a hole for, like, two weeks and it'll be great. And that will only be a reality if everyone goes to see the what can only be assuredly a terrible fucking Sonic movie. But, hey... What would summer blockbuster season be without a few giant links laid into our mouths, right? Anyway, that was a beautiful image I just made for you, and I'm definitely going to keep it. Let's listen to more tunes. Oh yeah, get better, Pete Doherty. (laughs) Sorry I only brought you up for that minor goof. Anyway, feel better, Pete Doherty. Don't touch hedgehogs. Go see the Sonic movie, or don't. Go about your life. I have more tunes for you. Aldous Harding has been getting a lot of buzz lately, and her album Designer is great. Great listening uh, for those easy afternoons, uh, those easy introspective mornings. Great tea-drinking music, in my opinion. So I've got a few kind of low-key, folky songs lined up for you to round us out. This is Aldous Harding and her song, The Barrel. Child, so begins the braiding, and in that braiding. 
Made a good run, but I run too far Fought the battle of jalopy in this beat-up car But I'm drawn to you, honey, like the sea to the fisherman's daughter It's just a short walk on the water If you find yourself alone, if you run out of road If you get the way it gets when lightning strikes and then goes I'll be around it, don't matter what the others are Walk on the water I'm in love with you, honey You got nothing to fear You're standing over there And I'm standing right here The choice is for you I can make it for you the wild one You and I've been lovers, honey You and I are friends Been that way forever Since I can't remember when Everything happens for a reason Or at least it Just a short walk on the water I'm in love with you, honey, you got nothing to fear You're standing over there and I'm standing right here The choice is for you, I can't make it for you though I Possibly be enough 
Everything's changing now, times are strange You know me, honey, like you know my name My heart is a silver fish on the line of your laughter It's just a short walk on the water I'm in love with you, honey, you got nothing to fear You're standing over there and I'm standing right here The choice is for you, I can't make it for you though I want it Made a good run, but I run too far Fought the battle of jalopy in this beat-up car Drawn to you, honey, like the sea fisherman's daughter It's just a short walk on the water When the sun's coming up, I'm high 
die in the bath I can pay with the card But I can't pay in cash Welcome back to Corwin versus the World. That was some real easy listening. You just got done hearing The Barrel by Aldous Harding off of her very good album, Designer. Followed up, we had Josh Ritter and his song, On the Water. He has a new album out. And finally, we have Craig Finn from The Hold Steady. He has a solo album out. Everyone's coming out with albums now. His song is called Grant at Galena, which is a reference to Ulysses S. Grant. And I know that because I read a Ulysses S. Grant biography yesterday. Not yesterday, last year. Whatever. It's still a flex. It works. But that's a good-ass song. Uh, we are really running over time with this episode. I spent way longer screaming about Woodstock 50 than I thought I would. But, hey, that's what happens when you don't have a therapist. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this episode of Corbin vs. the World. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family that it's a dope-ass show and that we've got all the tunes that you should listen to. Follow me on Instagram at Corbin versus the world. Also Noco FM uh, at Noco FM on Instagram. Also find us on Facebook and our website where we've got our streaming radio. Hopefully you're listening on that right now. Also listen to our new podcast called Feminist Hot Dog. Super fun, super awesome show. Also, also check out the latest episode of Rolling Misadventures starring yours truly role-playing a murder mystery i play a character named bongo mcmasterson who tries to solve a murder mystery on a haunted cruise line and it's exactly as much of a clusterfuck as you think it is uh but it was a super good time the people that do that podcast are super awesome so much fun to work with and i really enjoyed working on it so check out that episode check out rolling misadventures in general great podcast Otherwise, what else do I have to leave you on? There's a new Danny Brown album coming out, which I am beyond fucking hype dragon about. Uh, super pumped about that. And I think that is a note I'm going to leave you on. I'm going to play some weird kind of funky tracks to close us out, just because I'm feeling in that kind of mood. We've got Fat White Family coming up, and then rounding us out, there's going to be a band called Black Midi, which I'm very, very, very excited about. You know the way that the Cleveland Browns are excited about Baker Mayfield? That's the way that I'm excited about Black Midi. They're a young band out of the UK. They play really aggressive, uh, abrasive, but still kind of like catchy, hooky uh, punk music. And I am so excited to see how their sound evolves through the years. Anyway, those are the songs that you are about to hear in our final block. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Corbin vs. the World. I am your hero, Corbin David Albaugh. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you.
JDC053, a confused clone without any pants. Um, uh, I'm James Not a Cop, who is definitely not a cop. I'm Tobias Clutterbuck, a terrible Victorian actor. I'm Action 6 news reporter Chet Cleveland. I'm star of the stage Helen Slaymaker. And I'm Lieutenant Starburst Cheese It Taco Bell Esquire, the third. And this is Rolling Misadventures, a podcast that's part tabletop real play, part improvised audio drama. And a complete and total fiasco. Join us every two weeks for stories of mayhem, murder, and occasionally a moose. So check out Rolling Misadventures and see how it all goes wrong at rollingmisadventures.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dick beans. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a production of NOCO FM. 